The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Stanley in for Brother Bert Harper today. And it's my privilege to be in contact, I guess, is, a, is one way to... I'd like to say in studio, because we always have a, have a lot of fun when he's in studio, but is uh, the esteemed, honorable Dr. Alex McFarland. Uh-oh. Listen, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not worthy of that. I, I'm just a saved sinner who's excited about Jesus. Amen. Well, brother, um, Brent came by and saw me a little bit earlier today, and he mentioned that you have some letters from some folks who are in prison. And with that in mind, let me share a scripture real quick. Yes. Hebrews 13, 2. And, of course, I'm going to go from the Amplified Bible. Do not neglect to extend hospitality to strangers, especially among the family of believers, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and your part generously. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing. Um, You know, it also, we are to remember those in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since we are also are in the body. So just because someone may be behind prison walls doesn't mean they can't be forgiven, does it? No. In, in fact, um, Jim, I believe some of the most very vibrant parts of the body of Christ, uh, members that are fervent believers and, and courageous witnesses, are some of our listeners that are incarcerated right now. And, uh, you know, I've got a letter here from a, a gentleman named Jose, who's a faithful listener. I've got a letter from a brother named CJ. And and they might be listening right now. And I always want to say this, folks. Um, I get uh, right much correspondence. I would say at least six to ten letters a month from Exploring the Word listeners that are serving time somewhere. And for one thing, I want to say to all the people listening right now that are, that are behind bars, uh, we thank God for you, and we love and appreciate you. And Jim, they always tell us how they're praying, and they, a lot of times they'll say they use what they learn from you and Bert and myself in leading others to Christ. And I want to say that um, we know you are a fruitful part of the body of Christ, and um, I, I try to answer every letter I do, personally. Sometimes they come back. I don't know why, because I'll put the address perfectly on there, and it might come back undeliverable, and maybe not. And we try to answer every letter. But if you don't hear from us right away, please know that Bert and I do pray for you. We get these letters, we read them, and we pray for you. And um, CJ here has written a poem. Uh, and, and let me say this, and CJ, uh, you know who you are. We know that you're listening, but he says, uh, Dear Alex and Pastor Burt, quote, exploring the word with you while in prison has helped keep me and strengthen me in my walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he goes on and he talks about every afternoon his belief is strengthened. He says, to hear the enthusiasm in your voice lifts me up while we give God the glory. But here's here's something that he wrote. Well, listen to this. This is a poem. It says, I will follow him. Uh, And C.J., this blessed our heart. A couple of the verses, he says, I will follow him no matter where he leads, not a second guess or hesitate, but through all my works and deeds. I will follow him from death to life I go, leaving sin for my salvation is the only way I know. I will follow him as I go from wrong to right. I will walk in darkness and walk proudly in God's light. And there's much more I could read uh, all these letters, I can't read them all, but uh, brothers and sisters behind bars, we love you. We are praying for you, and we, we count it just a privilege that you would be listening every day to Exploring the Word, and we give God the glory, don't we, Jim? We sure do. In fact, um, Alex, let's take a moment and pray for these folks, not only just in prison, but those also that are in nursing homes, 
that are listening and they feel confined as well. It's a different type of confinement, but they don't have the freedoms they once enjoyed. And, you know, I understand prison is tough. You know, we, we all know people who have been incarcerated and that's the price that they have to pay for, for those crimes. But the elderly, a lot of times they just get put in some of the nursing homes because their families aren't able to care for them anymore. And so we want to be sensitive to those people as well. And so father God, we come to you today and we ask that you help us remember parts of the body of Christ as you've instructed us to. You've instructed us to care for the widow and the orphans. You've instructed us in your word to care for those who are in prison. And so, Father, we ask right now that you would minister to them by the power of your Holy Spirit that can transcend walls, that can work in hearts and bring peace as we're about to read here from your word in a moment. And, Lord, we know this is possible because of the price Jesus paid and the promise he made to send us a comforter. So comfort those members of our body of Christ today who need comforting. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, praise God, Jim. Thank you for that wonderful prayer. All right, brother, I believe we are in the— By the way, I I do have to confess here to you um, and to Bert and to our listening audience, there was almost a root of bitterness— that I didn't get in on the first part of chapter 14 of oh, John. But the Lord has taken care of that, and he has forgiven me. <laughs> uh, and so today we're going to pre- pre- proceed with joy, as I believe we're in verse 19. But we for, are. for context, um, can we go back to verse um, 15 there? and Do, do that. And, uh, uh, Jim, I, I, I hear you, brother, because this is so special. I mean— you know, all of the Word of God is is wonderful truth that rejoices our heart, but chapters like John 14 are just mountain peaks on way on up there, aren't they? They sure are. Uh, this one for me, as and you and, I, and Bert both know that John is one of my favorite books. Um, this one goes all the way back to uh, training school. When I was training in uh, officer's training school with the Salvation Army, we had to memorize this this passage from John the fourteenth chapter, and so that was one of those we you know had to re- memorize part of the first chapter too. But these are some that resonate, and I think it's because of the specialness that was pointed out to them from biblical teachers then and biblical teachers now. But it's it's gosh, people talk about the Word of God being complicated, that it's hard to follow. It doesn't get much easier than this. In verse 15 of the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I, now get this, Jesus says that he will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Mm. Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And the promise from God, from Christ, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Alex, that that right there, and then as, as we go on into verse 19 and beyond, but those verses right there, it's that simple. And then Jesus makes it even simpler because he lays it out for us there. In verse 19, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you will live also. At mm. that day, you will know that I am my in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Talk wow. about perfect unity. Talk about perfect placement, Alex. When, when that day comes, and Christ comes and returns for us, and brings them unto himself, we will have that intimate knowledge with the Father because Jesus is in the Father. We're in Jesus, and he's in us. Amen. 
Amen. Yeah, you know, as you said, Jim, this is just beautiful in what it says, but it's also just very beautiful in its simplicity. And and folks, if you think the Bible is complicated, and, and there are parts of the Bible that are complicated. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, read John 14, let not your heart be troubled. It will lift you up so much. But Jim, there are some contrasts here. Like in verse 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. And then verse 24 says, he who does not love me does not keep my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Now, here's something believers can do that the world can't do. If you look at verse 17 and verse 19, believers can receive the spirit of truth, but the lost world in darkness does not receive the spirit of truth. Now, believers do see Jesus. In fact, we see him everywhere, and we know he's in our heart if you're a believer. But the world... They don't see Jesus. Um, 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive mm-hmm. because it doesn't see him or know him. But believer, if you've put your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, and the Holy Spirit will guide you, teach you. The Holy Spirit of God will open up the Scriptures to your understanding. Praise the Lord. And then we see Jesus, even though, it's like A.W. Tozer said 50-plus years ago, he said, our closest friend is one that we don't see. And and the, the dearest relationship we've got is somebody that we've never physically met, although we certainly will, and we, we have met Jesus. But, you know, it, it is a beautiful irony, isn't it, Jim, that the most real thing in my life, the Lord Jesus, is someone that I haven't seen face-to-face yet, Mm. and yet it is the most real relationship in my life. It is, and it needs to be. Um, And the promises, you know, there, as you were talking about, the promise in verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come for you individually. You know, he's promising that he will come for us. In fact, uh, earlier in the chapter there in in, verse, Verse 3 of chapter 14, Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you unto myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Man, mm. that, that's a promise that you can hang your hat on, as, as they say in some southern parts of the country, especially the big state of Texas. But, Amen. you know, Amen. that's a truth that that hat rack will support that hat. And Jesus will support us just as he's promised. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley with Dr. Alex McFarland. We'll be right back. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Jenny Yang, Director of the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs. Her agency ensures that employers conducting business with the federal government comply with equal employment opportunity laws. Psalm 106.3 reminds us of the importance of fairness. Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God. We ask you to guide Jenny Yang as she works to ensure equal opportunity for all Americans. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. When life gets complicated, where do you go for help sorting things out? Dr. Tony Evans has a suggestion based on Isaiah 9-6 as we spend two minutes with Tony. Now, a counselor is somebody you go to for advice. A counselor is somebody you go to for guidance. A counselor is somebody you go to for direction. A counselor is somebody you go to for clarity. A counselor is somebody you go to discern what your best next step ought to be in some area of your life. Jesus is here to tell you today, if you let him govern you, he will be to you an extraordinary advisor. He will blow your mind. He says, if you let me 
govern you and you put the weight of your life and your world on my shoulders, I will give you the guidance, the knowledge, the wisdom for directing your life better than you could ever direct it on your own. Most of us have been alive long enough to know that self-counsel sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. But he says, if you will put your life on my shoulders, I will govern you in such a way that I will counsel you in the best possible way for managing your life. Check out the latest edition of our half hour daily program and sign up for Dr. Evans' free weekly email devotional when you visit TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Now, back to the Bible study you're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's Welcome back to Exploring the, the Word. Bert Harper is out today. Sitting in for Bert is our very faithful colleague and friend Jim Stanley, who is just always ready to pitch in and a lot of times when I'm on the road and I'm out sometimes unexpectedly Jim fills in and I just want to say before we go any farther Jim we appreciate you and I know the listeners do as well well it's a great privilege to be able to do this you know we we've all talked about it before that the way that we handle the word of God and the way that we handle the callers is very important because we don't want to give anyone answers that aren't true we don't want to give anyone answers that may be quote-unquote incomplete we are faithful to the word to say we don't know Mm -hmm. and so that sometimes we do and then we are also we also try and take time to answer them as best we can and so uh it's it is a privilege and i say that with all sincerity that um man this is one of my favorite shows to do but it's also one of the scariest shows to do because I well, know that I'll be held accountable for what I say. A lot of prayer goes into it. And folks, if you're uh, in a place where you can get a copy of God's Word, turn to the New Testament book of John, if you would, John 14. And I want to read a verse. Uh, in verse 20, it says, At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. At that day you shall know. Because in verse 19, Jesus had said, A little while, and the world sees me no more. But you see me. All right. It's almost like, Jim, in verse 19, we have kind of a reference to the ascension of Christ. Remember, after Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended to heaven. And if you read Acts chapter 1, you know, Christ went up in the clouds, and some angels said, "Uh, you men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up into the clouds? This same Jesus will come back one day in like manner. Now, it's almost like here in verse 19, from the ascension to the return, because I live, you will live also. There's uh, the church age is in there, a little 2,000-year period that we are in even yet. At that day, you shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Now, let me say this. We know Jesus is God incarnate. We know he's in the Father, and the Father in him. And if we are born again and know Jesus, we are in the Father. But it's almost like 1 Corinthians 13, 12, folks. It says, now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. All right, we know, but what it means here when Christ returns, verse 20, one day we're going to see Jesus face to face. And the word know, K-N-O-W, is is a type of word that means to, to tangibly realize something. Now, I've seen pictures of the Eiffel Tower. Jim, I've never been to Paris. I've seen pictures of the Eiffel Tower. But if I ever get to go there, boy, then I will really know what that that place is like. Or maybe you've heard of... uh, Jim, this is not a great illustration, but all my life I heard of Nathan's Hot Dogs out there at Coney Island. Preach it, my brother. Yeah. I, I went to preach up in New York, and I said to Angie, I said... 
While we're here, I have got to go get a Nathan's hot dog. All my life I've heard about how good they are, but and I believed it. But then I knew it when I was out there and I got me one, right? Well, we know Jesus is real. We know that every promise of God is yea and amen. But one day we're going to know it face to face as the words that we're going to realize firsthand knowledge. But you know what? Even though we're not there yet, we're down here on this pilgrim journey. It's the most real thing that that we have in our life, isn't it, Jim? It absolutely is. And it's a reassurance there that almost a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. You know, right. we, we know in our hearts what we believe. But when it becomes experiential, when we experience that, then... We know, we know, we know. And and yeah. it's easy to say right now that we know, we know, we know because Jesus has told us. But there's still that, you know, yeah, I know. And yes, I know the Holy Spirit lives in me because I know that Jesus sent him to be a comforter to me. We, like Judas in verse 22, said to him, Lord, how is it? that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world. And, you know, Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Remember at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for us. And if he goes to prepare a place for us, he'll come unto us and bring bring us unto himself. As Jim Stanley paraphrased edition right there, folks. Amen. Um, and so then when we see this down here, it's the promise restacked a little bit, but much more true, where it says that if we love him, we will, he will keep we will keep his word, and his father, Father God, will love us, and we, being Jesus and the Trinity, will come to him, being us. And make our home with him. The foundation of that that is set up in our hearts and the promises that we see in Revelation. Alex, those things add up that we have that heart knowledge, if you will, but we don't have that experiential knowledge just yet. Does that make Mm. sense? Well, it really does. Well said. Um, you know, going on here, Judas, like you said, he says, how is it that you will manifest thyself to us and not unto the world? And and Jesus goes on, he says, if a man loves me, he will keep my commandments. And again, salvation is not by works. Mm-hmm. But when salvation has happened, when you've really put your faith in the Lord and Christ has come into your life, your behavior is going to change. It just will. Now, I think one of the beautiful things about our salvation, one of the great realities, I I should say, a proof, is the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. All right, verse 26, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have told you, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, just like he began at the first of this chapter. For just a minute, I want to talk about the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says that for the born-again believer, uh, Ephesians 1.14, that the, the presence of the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our salvation. Some translations say, or the guarantee, or like the down payment and Jim, I, I think it's a beautiful thing that um, if if somebody ever wonders, am I really saved? Well, you know, I, I want to encourage you to trust what the, the Bible says, because sometimes our emotions are very joyful and we're up on a high mountain, and then other times we feel way down in the dumps. And a lot of times if we're weary or if we're worried or if we, you know, just we're trying to judge on our feelings, we might have a lot of doubts or something. And I want to encourage you, uh, you know, ask yourself, was there a time and a place when I 
personally said, Jesus, come into my life. But take God's Word for what it says. Base your relationship with Christ on the Bible. And there are so many ample passages that talk about if you put your faith in Jesus, you're born again. But Jim, back to John 14, 26. I think one of the great realities is the the promise of that Holy Spirit that seals us, that indwells us, that guides us, that teaches us. Now, Jim, before I got saved, growing up on the farm, growing up playing sports, I heard my share of bad language, mm-hmm. and I used bad language. I Before I got saved at 21, um, I, I had a lot of curse words that I used sometimes. After I got saved, I think I was hammering a nail for my dad, fixing a tin roof, and I hit my thumb really good. And I said a bad word. But something was different. I felt I felt bad about it. And one of the reasons, I know this probably sounds very base, one of the reasons I knew my life was different was because I slipped up and I said a bad word a few times again, but, but there was a feeling, conviction. And I knew something was different inside of me. And I had this antenna, if you will, and like like never before, I could tell right from wrong. And if I was tempted to do wrong, there was this magnetic pull saying, Alex, do right. It was the Holy Spirit in me. And Jim, one of the proofs of our salvation, like it says, the comforter which Jesus sent um, is within us. And the guidance and the presence and the the uh, reprimand of the Holy Spirit within us sometimes. Isn't that one of the ways that we know that we are a a child of God now? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, it says that the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said. Now, in 1 Corinthians 2.13, it says, We also speak these things not in word taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. And Alex, that reiterates what you've said and what Jesus has said here. You know, you've got a whole group of folks who will never know who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and who Jesus will be, simply because they've rejected his teachings. They've rejected him from their hearts. But for those of us that have, we have a deeper understanding of that and not just because of all the good human instruction we may have received, but also because the Holy Spirit lives within us and reminds us that these words, uh, sometimes written in red in some Bibles, sometimes written in black in other Bibles, it just depends on the translation, I suppose, or the uh, type study Bible that you have. But when you see these, these words written in red, it's a reassuring promise that Jesus told us these things on pro- on purpose and gave us these promises on purpose. Uh, and, it, and it leads into verse 27 where he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Alex, whenever you see those words, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That has to come from a foundational truth of knowing who Christ is, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. And uh, it's it's the greatest reality, the greatest realization in our life. I've got to say this before we move on, but the Holy Spirit, um, the word there, uh, the comforter that the Father sends in Jesus' name, the word there, earnest, that's in Ephesians 1.14, or down payment, you might have heard preachers preach about how it's like the earnest money, but do you know in the Greek, the word there, and this word Arabon is still used in Spanish and in French, but in the Greek, it could be the word used for engagement ring. Somebody uh, gave their, you know, fiance the Arabon, the engagement ring. And hey, there's a great wedding feast of the Lamb coming up and the bride will be there to see the bridegroom. The bride is the church, and if you're a believer, you're part of that. But you know what? That indwelling Holy Spirit that also seals us, Ephesians 4.30, that 
That's like our engagement ring. And Jesus is telling them that, look, he's going away. And uh, Jim, I know it was probably so much more than all of the disciples could, you know, really take it in. We can't get our mind around it now. But he's saying, look, don't worry. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I will come again. You will see me face to face. But he says this, and Calvary is coming up. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go forth. So Satan is going to be allowed to do his evil work. Jesus says, you know, the time that I'm going to talk with you and teach you is kind of wrapping up a little bit, and the prince of this world, Satan, is going to do all these evil things. Calvary, the crucifixion, but Jesus has really given them the promise. It's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay because God is in control. Amen. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tested in every way as we are, yet without sin. When Jesus tells us that he's leaving us his peace, when Jesus tells us that he's leaving us his word, he does this so that we can have that confidence that he knows what we're going through at any given time, and he's walked that path himself a lot of the times too. Um, in First Peter, you know, it, he was chosen before the foundation of the world but was revealed at the end times for you who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Alex, those are important things to remember, aren't they? Well, they really are. And uh, listen, life will throw plenty at us that will cause us to need to remember and reflect on those things and reassure ourselves of that. Now, in chapter 15, he goes on, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Now, being in the vine. Do you remember the Bruce Wilkinson book probably 20 years ago called Secrets of the Vine? Mm -hmm. Great, great book. Uh, Jesus is the true vine. He's used a number of illustrations to talk about, you know, he's the, the bridegroom and the, the good shepherd. Well, if you're a believer, you're part of the true vine who is Jesus. But vines sometimes get pruned, don't they, Jim? They sure do, and I'm guessing we'll talk about that some on Monday uh, yes. on Exploring the Word. Well, folks, it's time for your phone calls now at 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Your phone calls next as Exploring the Word continues on AFR. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Isaiah says we shall... Beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks, and nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall we study war anymore. And I believe that day is definitely coming, that Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, will bring us prosperity, harmony, but that's not the world we live in yet. Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. This year has just flown by. I know, it's already December. As 2022 comes to a close, the AFA Foundation would like to invite you to make a planned gift to American Family Association. With a planned gift, you partner with American Family Association and become a Christian patriot, an activist, a broadcaster, a Bible teacher, a servant, and an evangelist advancing God's kingdom in America. Consider the many ways your planned gift can help restore a biblical worldview in our nation, as well as bring financial stability to your family. A planned gift can take the form of a charitable gift annuity, an IRA charitable rollover, or a gift of stock that helps you avoid capital gains tax. And many of these benefits can be achieved with a surprisingly modest gift. 
Contact the AFA Foundation and learn more about making a planned gift. Call 800-326-4543, extension 345. Or visit our website at afafoundation.net. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, how will it be seasoned? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Matt Walsh wrote a piece for the Daily Wire where he said, The contemporary American Christian is the most open-minded person to have ever existed. He's so open-minded, you can hardly tell he's Christian or has a mind at all. He has for a long time been open to the idea that marriage isn't permanent and sex isn't meant exclusively for marriage. He's basically open to whatever notions are popular. He is open, and where he is not open, he is silent. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to a Thursday afternoon edition of Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley in for Brother Burt Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarland. And we're going to take your phone calls now at 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. Alex, you want to let's start with Lee in North Carolina? Oh, that's my home state. Let's go there. All right. Hi, Lee. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Good. Hey, thank you guys for all you do. And uh, I just had a, a question, I guess, what you guys think about uh, Hebrews uh, 10, 26, and 27, and uh, 2 Peter 2, 20, and 21. Okay. Well, Jim, let's first go to Hebrews 10, 20. I know Hebrews 10, 25 says, uh, do not forsake the assembling yourself of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much more as you see the day approaching. That's talking about going to church. Now, 26 and 27, for if we sin willfully, uh, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful looking for judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Um, Jim, you know, in a larger context, too, in Hebrews 6, there's questions about uh, eternal security. All right, willful sin. Um, Let me just say this. We know there's no way for any sin to be forgiven except through faith in Jesus. And so if you believe you're saved and you've got that convicting pull of the Holy Spirit, and you're willfully choosing to sin, and you know you shouldn't, I mean, what are you going to do? You're, you're essentially turning away from the only way that you can be forgiven, because there's no more sacrifice for sin other than through Jesus. And so how detrimental and how, uh, frankly, dangerous it is to be resisting the one that can forgive you when you know you're doing something that is worthy of guilt. Um, now, what what was that other passage he mentioned um, there, Jim? It's 2 Peter 2.21, and okay. from the Amplified it says, For it would have been better for them not to have personally known the way of righteousness than to have known it, and then to have turned back from the holy commandment verbally handed on to them. Um, you know, Alex, when we look at that, I think I see where this, this the caller was going is how can we be forgiven for the willful sins that we do? Well, you know, it's a good thing that our relationship with God is much like that of a father, but much more so because we know that the price for that sin has been paid for us already. 
And so it's not like we're going back for a second helping. You know, we as children are going to make mistakes. Sometimes we're going to make them accidentally. Sometimes we're going to make them on purpose. You know, it's like touching the sign that says wet paint. Sometimes yeah. we just have to check that out for ourselves. But it, it's one of these things that I understand that there's judgment. And there will be, there'll be chastisement. You know, the father chastens whom he loves. But, Alex, I, I don't think it, it's talking about us losing our salvation. Now, right. I don't disagree with the, the thought here in 221 of Second Peter, but it, it's one of those things, Alex. You know, I think now of some folks that uh, we stopped playing their music because of some of the things they were doing. We weren't able to support them, you know, as artists anymore because they were breaking down the their thoughts on Christianity, they were deconstructing it, and they were trying to build their own path. Well, that's there's something wrong with that because the path has already been built, hasn't it? Well, it really has. It, it really has. And let, let me just say this. Um, there, People are going to be judged on the response they gave to the light they had. Luke 12, 48 Luke twelve forty eight talks about he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, much shall be required. And unto whom men have committed much, of him they will ask more. So Jesus talks about some people, and these are lost people, beating, being beaten or being punished with few stripes, and some with many stripes. Now, there was a preacher years ago named Oliver B. Green. And Oliver B. Green, I remember hearing him on the radio, he said, it would be a terrible thing to go to hell from America, where there is a Gideon Bible in almost every hotel room. There's a church on many, many street corners. There's, you know, radio, television. Uh, it's It would be bad enough for the person in a remote part of the world and they, they had their conscience, but they betrayed it. But they had minimal light. But then you, in America, goodness, everybody in America, presumably, hears about Jesus. So let me say this, back to the Hebrews twenty six twenty seven. 27. Um, I'm with Jim. I don't think a born-again believer can really lose their salvation. And I, I do think it's a terrible thing if you're a Christian and you're doing something that you know is not right, and you keep doing it, and you're deadening your conscience. But positionally, you're in Christ. But let me say, of those that know about Jesus and have not yet turned to Jesus, this fearful, uh, you know, awaiting judgment, look, don't, don't meet God one day, and you know that you've heard about Jesus 500 times, and you've kept rejecting, kept rejecting. There's going to be a lot of accountability and punishment for those who knew about Jesus but willfully, willfully turned away. I want to give the number, by the way, folks. Here's the toll-free number. We have a couple of lines open. It's 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Call in with your Bible question. We'd love to have you on today's edition of Exploring the Word. Lee, I hope that helped answer your question. Triple eight five eight nine eight eight four zero. Jim, can, can I throw one thing in here? Brother, by the way, you throw anything you wish. We've recommended this on the subject of eternal security. A lot has been said. A lot's been written. I believe one of the best works on this is by Charles Stanley, and it's a, a short little book, but it's called Eternal Security. Can you be sure? question mark. And he was researching this book. He says in the preface, he was going to write a book explaining why he thought you could lose your salvation. But he got into the the book and he believed that no, a born again Christian is eternally secure. So if you want to do a deep dive into that subject, I think Charles Stanley's book on eternal security is a good, really good resource. You know, it's interesting that Charles Stanley came to that conclusion while he was studying, I, I think of our friend, um, and I, I know that you know him personally, um, Lee Strobel. Oh, you yeah. Know, he was setting out to prove that God didn't exist, and he found uh-huh. out 
that God did exist, and now he's a, a great proponent for apologetics, isn't he? He he got real saved. Yeah, he did. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Ernest from Texas now. Ernest, welcome to Exploring the Word. My my question is to that, uh, to follow up in regards to today's topic, topic uh, the willfully sin, if a person knows that they're willing sinning and they feel that they're too late to get back to where God was, how can a person get over that? Do they continue to stay in the Word, or uh, what are your thoughts? Well, Alex, I, I want you to weigh in on this, but that almost becomes like David um, asking God to restore the joy of his salvation. You know, and, and that's one thing that when we feel that we have drifted from that one-on-one relationship with Christ, where we feel like we're talking and he's not listening, we have to come back to the point that we remember, just like we talked about here in John, that we have his peace in us. And so, Alex, when, when you think about that, does that kind of sound like the, losing the joy of our salvation? Yeah, exactly. Uh, because, let me say this, we've, we've had people ask this question, Jim, um, you know, I'd like to come back to God, but I've I've waited too long, or I've sinned too much, and it's just it's ju- just too late for me. It isn't, and I think I can prove it because James three fifteen uh, references the world, the flesh, and the devil. Okay, we live in a fallen world, and then of course there's the devil, and then there's the, our own carnal nature. So listen. If you're feeling that you would like to come back to God, then that's proof it is not too late. And, in fact, the Lord himself is drawing you. Because, look, if you're thinking about Jesus, that's not the world, the flesh, or the devil. Well, what other voice could it be? It's the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the Bible talks, the Bible says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. I'm glad the bride of Christ is calling people to Jesus. I'm glad that individual members of the body of Christ are witnessing to people, just like an individual member of the the bride invited me to come to a Bible study. That was Angie 30-some years ago. Uh, But, sir, I want to say this. If you're thinking about Jesus, you can come. He's as close by as a prayer, and I want to say to everybody listening, you call on Jesus, John 6, 37, He promised, if you turn to me, I will not reject you. If you believe in me, John 6, 40, you will have everlasting life. So that voice calling you to to get right with God, that's the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Let's respond to it. Absolutely. Diane calling from North Carolina. Diane, good afternoon. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Oh, gosh, I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm actually talking to you guys. But I love you. I love your program so much. And um, I, first of all, I want to say that um, Advent devotional that Ray Pritchard y'all sent me to me is so amazing. I love it so much, and um, it's really blessed me. But um, my question today is: um, my our preacher has been talking about the different parables, talking about end times, talking about the tares and the wheat, and um, of course talking about the virgins and having their lamps filled. And he was talking, and he I think he's going towards um, when the rapture comes and maybe alluding, I think, next time he speaks, that not all believers may go in the rapture because they're not ready, they're not looking, they're not expecting, they're not being faithful. And so I just wanted to get your thoughts about that. Alex, I know you've done a lot of teaching on this, brother. Go ahead and weigh in. Well, thank you so much, Diane, for listening, and God bless you. You know, Matthew 13 talks about the wheat and the tares. And Jesus says another parable, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed, but while he was sleeping, an enemy sowed bad seed, tares. Wheat is, you know, um, it's interesting, bread comes from wheat, and Jesus is the bread of life, and so if we're one of his, we're, we're like wheat, but then there's weeds. And so the workers, the owner says, look, let the wheat and the tares grow together. Uh, I'll sort them out. Because if if the workers tried to pull up all the wheat, it would 
I, I mean, pull up all the weeds and get rid of all the tares, T-A-R-E-S. That would harm the wheat as well. I want to say this. Um, there is this idea of what's called a partial rapture, that only, quote-unquote, spiritual Christians will be raptured, and unspiritual, worldly Christians might go through the tribulation. I don't really believe that, and I, I, I don't want to you know, speak disparagingly of some that may differ, but when, when it talks about the time of the tribulation and really the wrath of God is poured out on planet Earth, no, um, it's like this. When a country declares war on a foreign country, what do they do? They, they empty out their embassy and bring their representatives home. Then the battle begins. I think all believers, because we are positionally in Christ, um, Jim, I, I think the rapture will, will take all believers at that time to be with Christ. Now, there will be people who get saved during the tribulation period. Many of them will be martyred. But all believers not because they're spiritual or unspiritual, but because they're positionally righteous in Christ, I think the rapture will take all of the church out, and then seven years of cataclysm will ensue. Amen. Um, You know, it's one of those things that when you think about that, you know, the Bible talks about the rapture. It talks about the great gathering and taking away. Um, And that's... uh, it is a, and, and I don't mean this, it's going to sound sacrilegious, but I don't mean it that way. It's like one stop. You know, it's not like one stop and then, oh, I'm going to go get the rest of them. That's not what the Bible teaches, and I agree with you, Alex. I think that when he comes, he comes from all of us. Kathy in Ohio, I'm sorry we weren't able to get to your call today. I want to let you know that uh, your seven-year-old child, if he is professing faith in Christ, You build on that. You grow that, and you grow that in him so that he comes to a a complete saving knowledge. You raise him on the word. You help him learn everything he can, and uh, I think that that will help you know that the conversion was real. Alex, thanks for letting me hang out this afternoon. Well, Jim, how about tomorrow? Let's do Fire Away Friday tomorrow. That sounds like a plan. All right, folks, have a great afternoon. Stick around. Washington Watch comes your way next here on the American Family Radio Network. Tell someone about exploring the Word, but tell everyone about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.